Are you ready for the end of the world? Are you ready for the end of the world? Listen to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You are listening to Your Community Spirit. This is Orda Energy Mon. This is Tree Song. And we are here live, local, and in your ears. I was going to say in your face, but this is radio. <laughs> so I just read this preview of this book um, by Pigeon Books, now in paperback from the best-selling author of The Woman, an action-packed adventure about endangered species and those who protect them. Mm-hmm. It's called When the Killing's Done by T.C. Boyle. And this is... Um, it's actually... In this powerful novel, two factions of environmentalists, each utterly convinced of their beliefs in preserving the islands off of the coast of Santa Barbara, which have been called the Guadalupes of North America. They actually have over a thousand species of plants and animals, and 12 of which are found nowhere else on Earth. So... This is a dramatic showdown between two factions of environmentalists, each utterly convinced that they know how to save it. <laughs> so, sounds like an interesting action-packed adventure. So, yeah, I'd like to read it. It's called "When the Killing's Done" by T. C. Boyle. All right, let's get to the news. Uh, news? I don't know. Has it been any news in the past week? Things well, happening in the world? Falls here. <laughs> yeah, falls here. <laughs> we knew this day would come. Yeah, it's like... Didn't know it would come June 1st, but... Well, s- someone will say, well, what happened about global warming? Well, global warming means weather extremes. Yeah. <laughs> so, the weather cannot hold its steady patterns. Yeah. Right? I mean, um, it r- rains and it drops, what, 40 degrees? <laughs> it was like in the 90s. Yeah. And we get a l- little nice rain and it drops 40 degrees. <laughs> it can't control itself, huh? Yeah, yeah, it gets a little wild and crazy. It doesn't know which way to go. <laughs> it's like, um, hmm. OccupyUpdatesDaily.blogspot.com. Cases from the first mass arrests at Occupy Wall Street are heading to trial. While many of the cases have been dismissed or closed for various reasons, over a dozen head into court, hopefully within the next few months. Now, these arrests actually stem from a late September March where police kettled and uh, pepper spray many of the participants uh, gaining attention for Occupy. So it's going, it's June now. This happened last September. Um, they might do it in the next couple months. How's that for a speedy trial? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the, the swift hand of justice. <laughs> now, does that mean these people have been in prison all this time? Uh, no, they get, uh, at least I don't believe so, they get uh, arrested and then their details taken and then they get released. Uh, it's an arraignment. <laughs> but if they do anything while they're out on bail, they probably just get thrown back in prison. Yeah, they, they get in a lot of trouble if they do anything while they're out on bail. <laughs> so, I mean, it is a way of effectively removing people from being activists. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes, I mean, this wouldn't work with Occupy Wall Street because it's an ongoing thing, but uh, 
sometimes if there's a mass demonstration in town that's only there for a day or two, they'll arrest a bunch of people right at the beginning and then just hold them for a day or two. And then they let them go. They might not even charge them. You know, they might not press, you know, go forward with a court case. But uh, it keeps them out of the protest. There you go. <laughs> All right, so let's get into some other Occupy news. Fourteen occupiers were arrested in Minneapolis uh, this week when they joined uh, hands and refu- refused to move in protection of a house in foreclosure. Roughly 100 protesters were involved in the event, which police broke up with large batons and physical force. Occupiers are questioning who police are serving by taking homes away from people and giving them to banks. Ten occupiers were arrested on site, with another four being arrested as they gathered outside the jail in support of their detained peers. Now, this is interesting. This isn't the first time this has happened. There have been a lot of Occupy groups doing this now. and I've heard it's a really big deal in Minneapolis now. A lot of people who are coming in and when they try to evict people, swooping in and stopping them. Yeah. And say, you know, prove, you know, that... I mean, in some cases, that the bank even owns the house. Yeah. Yeah, because because of these uh, complex uh, schemes, they'll often, like, sell the mortgage to other banks, and, you know, it's... It, they, they, if, if they can't produce a, uh, you know, a deed to the house... <laughs> well, I mean, just kick them out of the house, then the house will be empty, the people will be homeless, and everything will be okay. <laughs> yeah, balance will be restored. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> I mean, there are... You know, however many homeless people there are, there is exactly that many houses. There's actually more uh, empty houses than there are homeless people. <laughs> Actual in numbers? Yeah, I've seen the statistics several times. But you can count houses, but you can't really count homeless people. Yeah, so it's hard to count homeless people for sure. It's the official homeless numbers mm-hmm. versus how many people actually are. But yeah. yeah, there are a lot of empty houses and a lot of homeless people. Yeah. Wait a second. I just had an epiphany. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, and sometimes, I mean, sometimes in these cases when they delay it temporarily, that leads to new developments. Like they'll find out that the bank doesn't have the deed or they'll find out that the bank's willing to make a deal to keep the people in their home. So it really is a really big deal that they're doing this. It's making a difference. The Denver camping ban is now officially in effect, and it seems like police are just as unhappy about enforcing it as occupiers are about it passing. Police have been allowing, quote, a grace period to be sure that everybody knows about the band and are going to follow strict rules concerning citations. Here is a quote from one of their documents. They will not issue a citation, quote, if a citation should not occur if an individual is in need of a homeless shelter or bed, expresses a willingness to accept homeless shelter assistance, and the officer is notified that shelter space is not available. So basically they're saying if someone is homeless and they want to camp, it's okay. Uh, if yeah. there's not a place for them to stay. Yeah. Wow. Huh. That is like crazy. Huh. Yeah, it's almost like making use of public resources for public needs. <laughs> like the police chief has stated that the last thing they want to do is arrest people for camping violations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. They passed the ban on camping, and then the police chief says, no, I don't want to arrest people. Yeah. <laughs> Huh. Okay. Well, you know, maybe they want to protect and serve the people in their community rather than throw them in jail. Yeah, because it does cost a lot to put someone in jail. Yeah. Costs a lot, a lot of time, a lot of effort. Maybe they want to focus more on people who are doing harm to others than people who have been harmed by the economy. And in other camping news. Yes, other camping news. uh, 
Uh, Los Angeles is apparently not willing to take the chance that Occupy may begin another encampment in their city. The Arts, Parks, Health, and Aging Committee... It's an interesting committee. <laughs> They've proposed a ban on all forms of overnight camping and pitching tents in city parks. City Council will vote on the measure next week and says that the measure is not meant to target Occupy, only to, quote, merely clarify what camping, that camping is to include tents. <laughs> so it's, it's, it has nothing to do with Occupy at all. They just happen to be concerned about clarifying the definition of camping in L.A. So is it okay to sleep in parks then? <laughs> I don't know. You might get in that gray area of what counts as sleeping, what counts as a tent, you know. <laughs> if you've got a newspaper over your face, is that a tent? <laughs> huh. the, the friendly, hospitable city of Los Angeles. Occupy California has changed up their lawsuit against UC Berkeley, this time demanding $15 million in compensation and punitive damage. The original lawsuit was filed in November following the confrontation between police and protesters concerning tents. The lawsuit claims that the university held, quote, a witch hunt and used false arrests against protesters and that they received physical and emotional harm at the hands of the school due to the denial of their constitutional rights. Hmm. Let's see some other, some other news here. Uh, Chevron held its annual shareholder meeting uh, yesterday in San Ramon, California, but shareholders and executives weren't the only people in attendance. Occupy joined up with union members, community leaders, and disenchanted shareholders to protest against the oil giant, with over 150 people holding signs and chanting against the corporation's reckless behavior. 73% of shareholders in attendance at the meeting rejected a move to disclose more about the methods of hydraulic fracturing, a.k.a. fracking. Chevron is facing upward of $43 billion in fines stemming from instances of contamination, explosions, and tax dodging in multiple countries. Well, I mean, I figure out if they disclose the methods, they will get more fines. <laughs> yeah. So it's less like, um, yeah, we don't really want to tell people the chemicals we're putting into the earth because that might make us get in deeper trouble. Yeah. Don't tell anybody. It's top secret. It's just like <laughs> nobody gets to know what we're putting in the earth. So. <laughs> All right. In the news, in an era when it seems that government can't seems to get anything done, the cities are taking a lead with some extraordinary measures. In New York, Bloomberg is actually set to ban big drinks um, as a health hazard. Well, specifically drinks that have a lot of sugar in them. And in Chicago, the city is aiming to absolutely eliminate pedestrian, bicycle, and traffic facilities, <laughs> traffic fatalities in 10 years. Huh. So not, you know, we don't care about, well, I guess they do care about them. Hmm. But, um, try to eliminate the bicycle and traffic fatalities. There's about 50 of them a year. Yeah. So. Oh, uh, yeah. So, uh, let's see. Which, which section did you want to talk so, about next? Let's see. Well, the the fact that they're actually trying... It seems like the mayor really doesn't like sugar. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, he's been trying to ban, like, sugar... Uh, I mean, he banned high-frosted corn high syrup. High-frosted right? corn syrup, yeah. Now he's trying to ban sugar. I mean, in a roundabout way. Mm-hmm. He's basically saying you cannot have very large, like, you know, things of sugar. Yeah. Basically, I mean, um, 
So yeah, which I my argument is what they'll do then is if you can only have 16 ounces, they'll create these new cups where it's two 16 ounce cups attached to each other. <laughs> it's like well, you get free, you can do refills. Yeah, you can still do free refills. Well, it's okay, not, it's like, yeah, it's getting a little ridiculous. I can see why you didn't want to start reading this. The first sentence is, we are fat, and Tree Song is not. So it's, <laughs> we are fat, and there are a lot of things that make us this way. One of the things is drinking a soda in a bucket the size of a small child. The goal of the ban of all supersized soda and sugary drink in New York proposed by Bloomberg administration is to fight obesity. So some of the facts are... It includes both to-go packaged and bottled soda over 16 ounces, as well as sweetened coffee and tea and fruit juice with sugar. I mean, if it's just regular fruit juice, um, it does not apply to alcohol, so you can still drink <laughs> over 16 ounces you can buy. <laughs> um, and um, it'll apply to restaurants, movie theaters, street carts, delis, fast food franchises, sports arenas. It does not cover convenience stores <laughs> so you can still go in there and get yeah basically like a two liter <laughs> in a cup form in a convenience store and it doesn't affect free refills so i mean if you've ever went to, into 7-eleven and got one of those big gulps this 32 ounce you're actually consuming um 364 calories and then the 38 ounces is 512 calories <laughs> so that's like a sixth of your calories for the day. I mean, well, if, if you drink two of them, I mean, you need to have that much liquid. So I'm sh I wonder if there are people who drink two of them uh, yeah, they and get a third are. of their calories just from drinking. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm sure it happens. So now is this ban a violation of personal rights? What do you think? I mean, a 1987 ad by 7-Eleven introducing the big and super gulps actually says it's about personal freedom. When getting a little thing like a soft drink starts getting hard, come to 7-Eleven, will you always get your favorite soft drink fixed by someone who knows how you like it? <laughs> you. Well, if you like to get fat, drink it. <laughs> they forgot that part. Yeah. Well, it does, it does, to me, it does seem like an issue of personal freedom, personal responsibility. You know, it's, it's not, it's not very responsible sometimes to drink large quantities of soda, but, uh. Yeah. Well, I think it's a, it's a thin line. When did the mm. government step in on health issues? Well, when it costs them a lot of money to, you know, take care of and pay for people who have bad health issues. Mm -hmm. So I could see that sometimes that they would do that. But, I mean, they're going to legislate us to death. I mean, <laughs> yeah. to life, I guess, in this case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, you know, they, it, it, seem, it seems nice when, you know, it, the intention seems nice. It's like, oh, let's help people's health. But uh, people should be able to make their own health decisions. And, uh, yeah, if you want to kill yourself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean this seems like an obvious case where, yes, we can probably almost all agree that these sodas are unhealthy. But then if they start doing this, they'll do other cases of like saying, you know, well, you can't have this other product, you know, this perfectly healthy product because yeah, we say it's unhealthy. you can't have apples. Yeah, you can't have apples because they're unhealthy. You know, I <laughs> you mean, know? this is like pretty much Bloomberg's personal, the, I, don't you think? The it's war like, on sugar. Yeah, it's just his personal feelings. I mean, he, it has, you know, science back behind it, but the reasons he's doing it, Yeah. I mean, if if there was someone who was against, you know, a specific product... 
in his case, well, it is sugar. Yeah, and I noticed they they allow diet sodas, and you know, diet sodas may not have the sugar, but they've got the aspartame the and other to chemicals. Get diarrhea. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it has it has that. So unpleasant surprise. Um, let me flip down here. We're talking about sugar. We'll, we'll get back to the fatalities in Chicago. Well, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but did you know that the FDA has said? They have officially rejected the Corn Refiners Association request to refer to high fructose corn syrup as corn sugar. Hmm. So while the science is definitely still unfolding, the fact that the Corn Refiners Association has shown a strong issue in blurring the line between the two is certainly compelling reason to suspect that there are in fact some noteworthy differences. As of last Wednesday, the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, agrees. They issued an official response to them to mm -hmm. refer to it as corn sugar with a resounding no. Now, it's, you know, very long and technical, but the basic result is there is something out there already called corn sugar. Mm. And that's what they um, are used in food labels to describe dextrose. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, that's. I'm actually. I'm glad about this decision because it seems very misleading to me to call it corn sugar. Well, we've been making fun of it forever. You know. <laughs> yeah. It's, I think it was our power to say. <laughs> yeah. They they listened to this show and they said, you know, they were, with all the stuff they've said, we can't let them call it corn sugar. <laughs> it's just like that's everybody's making fun of us calling it corn sugar. Well, yeah. The FDA says you cannot do that. People are making fun of you. Yeah. Well, it's like it, like it points out here, like the term corn sugar uh, suggests that it's a solid, dried, and crystallized sweetener obtained from corn. You know, like they basically just take the corn and dry it a little bit, and that's where it comes from. But uh, it's it, it's an aqueous solution sweetener derived from corn after enzymatic hydrolysis of cornstarch, followed by enzymatic conversion of glucose to fructose. Actually, I think I want some. <laughs> that sounds really phenomenally scientific. It sounds like advanced technology. Yeah. So. I don't know if it's good or bad advanced technology. It seems to be a substance that was not uh, that our bodies does not know how to handle. <laughs> I mean, part of it is the ongoing war against sugar right now. Yes, people are figuring out that it's crap. Mm -hmm. um, recently, a medical study out of UCLA resulted in the headline, Sugar Can Make You Dumb. Do you remember that article we talked about? <laughs> the group blamed the Corn Refiners Association, quote, multi-million dollar advertising, advertising campaign, which no doubt includes the often periled Moms at a Birthday Party television commercials. I haven't seen that one. I need hmm. to go and see it and make fun of it. So, I mean, this press release actually says that eating too much fruct fructose can block insulin's ability to regulate how cells use and store energy, store sugar for the energy required to process thoughts and emotions. Hmm. Huh. I've, I've had friends for years say that People who drink a lot of sugary, um, ha, you know, are very unemotional or are, uh, no, very high strung. No, that's not the, I'm trying to think. There's a, there's a, a mental disorder hmm. that people have the inability to, oh, well, hmm. I'll, re I'll remember it as soon as we're done with the show. <laughs> yeah. Wait, did I have sugar this morning? <laughs> no. <laughs> I can't blame it on the sugar. So. 
Anyway, corn syrup is definitely not corn sugar. So. Yes. Should we talk about Chicago? Yeah, let's talk about Chicago. They're aiming for zero traffic fatalities within 10 years, and they actually have a plan for it. Well, all right. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's 50 traffic fatalities a year. That doesn't sound that crazy for Chicago. <laughs> have you ever, like, been there? <laughs> now, that when they're saying traffic fatalities, they're not saying people in cars. They're saying people walking. They're saying people on bicycles interacting with a car. Yeah. So they're creating a plan to make it so the city is more bike and pedestrian friendly? Yeah. Is that possible? Well, they're going to find out. Their, their plan is called Chicago Forward. And the goal is eliminating all pedestrian, bicycle, and overall traffic crash fatalities within 10 years. Uh, to get there, uh, they don't have a silver bullet, but rather a long-term commitment to creating the right conditions for safety. I call that silver buckshot. <laughs> yeah, the silver buckshot. Uh, uh, so, yeah, the target is zero traffic fatalities. Uh, they are... Uh, 20-mile-per-hour 20, 20 zones in all the city's residential areas to help... Uh, here's a list of things to help introduce that. The 20-mile-per-hour zones. Uh, 5% uh, bike mode share on trips less than 5 miles. Uh, you know, getting people to ride bikes. Currently, 1.3% of Chicagoans ride bicycles. So if they can get it up to 5%. Yeah. Yeah, that would... Well, it would reduce congestion. Less people... You know, same amount of people... But a bicycle takes up less room than a car on the road. Yeah, and it's also, you know, if two bicycles crash, the fatalities are less likely than oh, two cars or a car and a bicycle. And you can actually short distance get somewhere faster on a bicycle than you can in a car. Yeah. And another point is an emphasis on street maintenance or fix it first. You know, there if there are giant potholes, that can help lead to accidents. And education for drivers, cyclists, and pedestrians. I was just talking to someone about this, someone who was uh, cut off in traffic by a vehicle that was treating the, their bicycle like it shouldn't be on the road. And this is, this is exciting that someone wants to have zero fatalities. Yeah. Maybe we'll have a trend that every city will want to have zero fatalities. Yeah, every city could. City. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's see. Let's have a plan to have zero fatalities in our city. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things where, like, sometimes you can't help accidents, and there might be occasionally accidents, but... You, you could at least set the goal that no one is going to die from traffic accidents. Right. You know, it's not an accident anymore if it's constantly happening. So they're taking action to prevent it. All right. Let's, I think I'm going to, if you want the news about how North Carolina is crazy, <laughs> well, they're trying to outlaw the sea level rise. You cannot talk about the fact that sea level is actually going to rise. Yeah, they're trying to outlaw measuring it in certain ways because they don't want you to know that it's rising. Yeah, it's actually a, a bill right now in front of the General Assembly. So you're not allowed to accurately predict sea level rise. <laughs> Just not allowed. Let's not talk about it. So um, let's go to life cycle. How e-waste recycling gives your gadget a fresh start. Congratulations, you bought an iPhone 6S. Now you can spend hours Instagramming and making sorry talk dirty to you. But wait, what do you do with that ugly, decrepit, heavy, chipped old flip phone of yours? <laughs> Throwing it in the trash could cause toxic chemicals to leach out into landfills and groundwater. And putting it in a drawer with all your other outdated gadgets makes takes up way too much space. Worst of all, your phone and all that private data in, in it could fall into the wrong hands. There's got to be a better way. Now there is. 
E-Stewart's Approved E-Waste Recycling. No child or prison labor, no toxic fumes released into the air of third world countries, and no incomplete data wipes. Guaranteed! Operators are standing by. That was a fake commercial, <laughs> but 25 states do have e-waste laws. Yeah. I mean, literally, you're not allowed to throw away electronics because it's got heavy metals in it. Yeah. And heavy metals contaminate water. Okay? So when it leaches out, yeah. and, you know, if water is contaminated, we... We don't die. We get cancer and, you know, other diseases. Wait, that does cause death. <laughs> yeah, it does. Wow, I'll be. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so dumping all these heavy metals in places where it can get into our water supply might not be a good idea. <laughs> Most of the laws on that are coming up on the books in 25 states require manufacturers to properly dispose of a certain percentage of the waste they help create, hence producing... A healthy e-waste recycling market. In uh, New York, for example, electronic manufacturers must take back one product for every product sold. Mm. And it's actually been happening more and more. I buy a lot of, I buy a decent amount of batteries for my business, like big batteries, like, you know, golf cart and car battery size. And the price has gone up because people are not returning the battery. Basically, uh -huh. the law is now, for every battery sold, you have to return one. Yeah. And if you don't return one, they charge you. You know, because they have to buy the, you know, buy a battery somewhere. Yeah, to, so, to make up for it. Yeah, <laughs> so the price has gone up, I want to say about 20%, if you don't, you know, do a replacement. Uh -huh. And so, that's, um, part of it is the you know, the cost of lead, part of it is the laws that are coming in place that you sell one product, you have to return one. Yeah, so proper disposal of batteries and electronics pays. <laughs> All right, let's see if we can... We we got wrapped up in the news. Let's see if we can get into some of the happenings and whip through some of the holidays. Today is National Go Barefoot Day. Why couldn't that have been like two days ago when it was like 95 degrees? <laughs> now it's like 50 degrees. So, you can, anyway, <laughs> say something nice day. Well, I could have said it, you, your feet look nice. <laughs> so. All right, we've got coming up on uh, Saturday, National Leave the Office Early Day. So, if you're in the office for some reason on Saturday, you get to leave early. <laughs> well, that's because it's Ascension Day. So, you get to leave early <laughs> to leave the planet. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Ascension Day or Feast of the Ascension um, so it's also the birthday of Marquis de Sade. <laughs> Sunday is the anniversary of the first woman rabbi in the U.S. and the anniversary of the Zoot Suit riots. I actually said that right. Yes, and Monday is a uh, National Trails Day, so you can go out and uh, explore those trails in, in natural areas. It's also the UN International Day of Innocent Children Victims of Aggression. So a day to protect children, hopefully just like every other day, but Tuesday. especially on Monday. Tuesday is National Cancer Survivors Day and UN World Environment Day. And uh, Wednesday is the anniversary of D-Day. Uh, and uh, let's see, Thursday is the anniversary of the VCR introduction. Huh. So 
I don't know. Have you heard of this VCR thing that we used to have around here? No. It was an ancient video technology. All right. Let's see if we can get in one minute all the happenings. <laughs> Open mic night at the Guy House Interface Center this week is Ghost Town. Carbondale can feel like a ghost town with all the SIU students out on summer break. When you hear the term ghost town, what do you think? Come to Open Mic at Guy House Interface Center for music, songs, poems, maybe even a story or two. Yes, you can stick around for uh, Rice and Spice. And this week's Rice and Spice theme is Indian cuisine. Uh, you can have a delicious uh, Indian feast over there. Uh, it's... Uh, Oh, yeah, food meeting food from Indian and Native American. You know, yeah, like Indian as in India and Indian as in Native American. Yeah, I grew up, it was called American Indian, but now American Indian is someone in America from India. <laughs> yeah. Or is that Indian American? Yeah. Anyway. So two kinds of good food there, and they're also going to be preparing for the 100 Men Who Can Cook fundraiser happening on Saturday at 6 p.m. at SIU Carbondale Student Center Ballrooms. And, of course, stick around afterwards and dance to the night away for the Friday Night Salsa starting at 10 p.m. Guy House Interface Center is at 913 South Illinois Avenue. Yes, good times at Friday nights and all the, all the nights and all the days at Guy House. <laughs> So we've got Friday Night Fair coming up 6 to 9 p.m. tonight uh, the town square at uh, the corner of Illinois and Main Street in Carbondale. <clears throat> Excuse me. All sorts of food, music, vendors. It's a really good time. Do you have any chemicals sitting around? Well, chemicals can mean a lot of things. Household cleaners are considered chemicals. Um, so is oil or any pretty much anything to do with the vehicle. Household Hazardous Waste Collection Saturday from 8 until 3 p.m. at the SIU Arena South Parking Lot. This is a free collection open to all Illinois residents. Please get rid of all your chemicals in your house. Uh, yes. And one more, the uh, campfire program. It's at the Crab Orchard Wildlife Refuge. You bring a chair and some marshmallows and join a park ranger for an educational program around the campfire about the Southern Illinois wildlife. It's at the Camp Orchard Campground at 7 p.m. on Saturday. All right. If you got work to do, get your chance to re-roof your house or anything that has to do with being really hot and sweaty, get it done today because it is cool. Cool as a cucumber. Yeah. See you again on the air.